Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Hello, Hot breath Averse. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and you know what time it is. Hot breath. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to get to today's episode. We recently posted our top five writing tips featuring Mark Norman, Sam Morell, and a couple others, and it got such a great response I figured it'd be time to do a top business tips episode. So if you do find this one helpful and you haven't heard the other one, go check it out. It'll be in the show notes along with all the episodes mentioned in this week's episode or hot breath episode, if you will. But if you enjoy this, just simply share it. The last one got on Reddit and that really helped it to take off. So if you're on Reddit, please share this with other comics. The whole point of this show is to for comics, by comics, really help us all get better together. So thank you to everyone that's been sharing it. Thank you to the patrons out there, everyone that's on Patreon. Thank you so much for joining. We're up to eight now. Yes! So it's blowing up over there, y'all. I just posted a secret podcasting workshop I did at World Series of Comedy. I posted a writing workshop I've done. Just do a lot of extra educational content over there, and I'll release episodes early and things like that. So if that's something you're interested in, Go check it out. But biggest thanks of all to our first sponsor of 2020. That is the Comics Playbook, hot brethren and sistren. This is a book I wrote with Dr. Robert Joseph, a professor from MIT, really designed to help you take your ideas, formulate them into jokes, and then organize them into a set. So if you've been struggling writing new jokes, this book is really your solution to starting to write that new material that gets you booked on shows. So definitely go in the show notes, pick up that book, and start writing new jokes. And now let's get into today's episode after our sponsored break there. If you want to sponsor this podcast, reach out to me directly, and we can make it happen. So that being said, our first Show business clip is from the trailblazer himself, Andrew Schultz. He was actually here in Atlanta, and I hit him up on social media and asked about doing an interview, and we made it happen. Super nice guy. If you haven't heard of him, he has really set the new template for how a comedian can create their own success and inspired me in a lot of ways, and hopefully this clip alone will inspire you to get out there Start creating your own content. Start creating your own opportunities. And really, that's all we can ask for here as comedians. We're all kind of at her on this independent grind, but hopefully these next few clips will help you to grind a little bit more profitably. So here we go. Hot Breath Podcast, top five show business tips, Andrew Schultz. And then what basically the how how I've attached attacked anything is just okay who is doing this the best how do I do it better than them so mm-hmm. you have to look at what you want and then who has it and then how you can do it better than them mm. so it's very simple 
you know, so how can you make this podcast? You're interviewing people. Okay, who's got the best interview podcast, you know, in this field? Okay, who is he? Oh, he's interviewing more famous people than me. All right, I got to interview more famous people. He's interviewing more interesting people than me. You could turn that off if you want to get rid of the sound. That would be great. No, 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 no. Wait. No, just a right. There you go. There it is. Just analyze who's doing the thing successfully and Mm -hmm. then be better than that. Who are some people you've been analyzing in yeah. terms of podcasts or just in your career, all your, all the stuff you've been doing? I mean, you know, for standup, it was like, I just looked at the game. I was like, okay, what do I need to do? First of all, I need to get undeniably funny. That's the first thing. How do I get undeniably funny? I get on stage as much as I can. So I was barking for a club, which means handing out tickets mm. to go to a club in exchange for stage time. So I was getting up tons of times a week in front of real audiences very early on in my in my career. I was probably getting up five, seven times a week in front of real audiences early in my career. Unheard of. So I had an advantage. in New York. So it's in New York. Yeah. Then uh, I stopped working at one of those clubs. I kind of got like fired from barking or one club closed. They didn't ask me to work at the other one. So I, uh, I basically, we found this other place that was around the block and they had shows there and um, they were just kind of like free shows asking people to come off the street. And I got involved in that club and I started working for one of the guys there and I, we were just kind of friendly and I was running his shows. I just found a place to get up consistently. Then I started running a couple shows there with friends. We would just ask strangers from the streets to come in. And um, it was great because when you have your own show, you have your own show. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it might be repeat audience. Mm -hmm. So you can't work the same jokes out because it's the same audience. So it's good because you're practicing new jokes, but you're not getting good at anything. You know, it's like you're learning a new um, like pool shot every week. It's like you're not getting really better at pool. You're just kind of getting marginally better at these new jokes that you never really get to try. Mm. But we could work on the same jokes for months because it was a different group of people coming in every week. So we did that. Then I once I felt like I was undeniably funny – at least funny to the point where I feel like I could, you know, be on stage with these other guys who are on stage. And how long in your career was that? A few years in. I mean, yeah. I mean, now I would look back and be like, oh, I was awful. But for the time, I was able to go, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm good enough to be on the stage with these guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, why are they on the stage? So I started analyzing the people I saw at all the clubs. And it was like Sherrod Small, like James Smith and these kind of comics. And um, – they were all on best week ever. And I noticed all the comics who were on best week ever were performing at all the clubs, Christian Finnegan. And I was like, okay, I need to get on a show that is a weekly show that will give me some leverage. So now, cause it's not just about funny. It's like, if you're as funny as all the other guys, okay, you got to be funnier than them and have something. So I got on a uh, guy code and that was my weekly now I had some leverage. Now I can go to a club and be like, hey, I'm on a TV show every week. Can I get on? Yeah. All right. Tip number one, find your leverage. Now, of course, that doesn't come with a lot of hard work. We know Andrew is one of the hardest working cats in this game. But where is your leverage and are you willing to work to get it? I feel like that was a fun one to start off with here. Another comic I'm bringing up next. This is like an open mic now. Your next comic is only one of the funniest people on the planet. And his second episode with us, his first episode with us, he actually, 
I showed up to his apartment, and he had two strippers waiting, and they just stripped while we did the interview. He called it his Rick James moment, and this is actually before I was doing video, unfortunately, but uh, I did get some photos of it, uh, but maybe I'll throw those on the Patreon if you guys want to see them, but... What really ended up happening in this second interview is really just a sensei of comedy. Sharing that comedy game we are all so thirsty for. If you have not heard of this cat, he is one of the hands-down funniest people on the planet. His name is Carlos Miller. If you haven't heard of him, you're going to. One of the just lights out funniest people I've ever seen live in my life. So, his wisdom in this episode it's a master class on comedy but I just picked out one of these top tips he had in the reality of show business is really what this one captures from him being in those big boardrooms behind the scenes of what really goes on so it's that harsh reality of show business take it in this took a dark turn but it's not necessarily even the dark I'm talking about awesome yeah like you out in the street shit but just the same when you're going to talk to these fucking agents and and managers and shit. They can promise you the world. They don't rob you with guns. They rob you with the words and the papers and shit. That's some Jada kiss, by the way. They do that. It's not everybody is a fucking shark, bro. Some motherfuckers get you with the knife. Some get you with the pen, bro. Ooh. Ooh. You got and got? Like on the, on the pen? Yeah. Everybody has. But that's part of the game, though. Knowing, knowing your worth. If you you don't never know what these people made off of this shit, you just know what you agreed to. Right, right. <laughs> what can I, just to keep it maybe towards comedians more because that's the world we're in is like what are what are some maybe red flags we can keep an eye out for from mistakes or lessons you've had to learn. The red flags, is don't be out here trusting people. Don't be believing this shit, man. Don't if it sound good too good to be true, it is, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's out here looking for your best interest, and don't nobody give a fuck about your feelings. The sooner you learn that shit, the more you can, the better you can understand it. The person you ride, your homie, it might be your dog. You might have anything, bro. But don't never think that somebody's gonna do something for you just because they fuck with you. Nobody. It's all. It's all a business, man. And you can see. You start to see it once you get start working it like business they don't give a fuck about who you think is funny or whatever they gonna put whoever on this show because that's what they doing is their club they hired you but they hired these other motherfuckers too oh <laughs> what other business advice could you share um like i said invest in yourself and yeah. find and find another way find more than one way to get paid don't just think don't just get paid off telling jokes because people steal jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and the people not going to check to see who wrote it. They don't give a fuck. They just know who. Excuse me. They just laughed at it because that's what was available at the time. They don't give a fuck who it came from or how old this joke is. None of that. Just get your money and don't never worry about what somebody else doing. You might get you might get hired and be doing the exact same shit and these motherfuckers standing right beside you. Got five, got paid five times more than you, just because they asked for it and you didn't. 
because they had the right infrastructure set up. They handled business. They had the right manager, the right agent, and they got what they asked for. So that plays a big part into it, your team. Right. Yeah. You, you got to, like, you can't be successful by yourself, man. Uh, see, you're, now you're saying you got to look out for yourself, but then you can't be successful by no, yourself. Nobody gets successful by themselves. Huh. Don't never believe that. Nobody. You start fucking around and paying attention to how people get into the industry. The the industry industry is always somebody else who got them in there. Somebody uncle was a producer or their dad was a wrote a Motown song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. never know the connections. Your your name will get you a whole lot further than your talent will. Your <sighs> reputation precedes you. Being funny is just a, that's just one of the 10 things you got to do to get just to be in the conversation. And you can't you can't just be fly by night funny. You got to be consistently funny. It's people who are at the top of the game who want to fuck with you, but they just want to see how you handle the next three years or see how you develop and what kind of sense you have in the next year. So where you at? Can you stay in there? A lot of people come and go. Can you stay hot? Like getting hot is easy. Cause don't nobody know you. You just you do magic every night. Like where did it come from? Right. And then you get in that position where it's like now you're expected to create magic. Are you really a magician? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah. It's the facts though, man. Yeah. It's the facts. Like motherfuckers want to be in that spot, but then when you get in that spot and you got to do that hour and a half after everybody in the club just came and did their best shit. Can you do it? Are you made of that? <laughs> really made of, man. <laughs> it's the third show of the night. You Can you do three a night? That's what headliners do. What are you made of? I love how raw and just honest that clip is, but the entire episode, seriously. All these will be linked in the show notes, but seriously, that entire episode is just full of comedy tips. You can also watch it on our YouTube as well, but... I came up with Carlos down in the open mic days. He would host a show here in Atlanta at Cat's Cafe a lot. And you rarely fear having to follow the host. But when I tell you, he would have the room shaking and then bring you up. And you're like, how am I going to follow the host? It's He's a, he's a one-of-a-tined one talent. Yeah, he's so good that I'm mincing my words. But he actually connected me with this next guest I'm going to bring on here. She is actually the head of Innovative Artists out in L.A. She is the head of comedy at Innovative Artists. She was actually the first person to really put me on to like a TV show pilot that had like celebrities on it. And I was like, ooh, we made it. And then um, one of the celebrities died. And then so the pilot never got picked up. But uh, R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. But... It was a great experience. She is full of wisdom, and I was so honored. She's super busy, but she was willing to carve out a little bit of time when I was in L.A. to sit in her office and just ask her the questions that I feel like all of us have, and we just may not know the answer to, or we Google it, and there's an opinion here, an opinion there. This episode with her, the full episode, is just the raw business. Do I need this? When can I get that? Does social media matter? All these different questions we all have tumbling in our head. I just asked someone at the top of their game 
what's the truth. So enjoy this one, take notes, and I'll see you on the other side. How does how does a comedian know when they're even ready to be like, okay, I need I need an agent now. It's time to take it to the next level. You know, I mean, I've had people come up to me at comedy clubs and say, I need an agent. And I'm like, why? Because I want to know why you think you need an agent. A lot of times people, they think that an agent relationship is very transactional. A manager's relationship is more strategy. Hmm. And, you know, and laying out what that plan is and, and gathering all of the assets, like if you have a reel. So even if you're um, doing a lot of stuff just on, on your own, you know, with the videos, piecing something together where you can you can you can see your acting ability, because if you have someone that, you know, they're like, oh, I want to use this person. And they're like, do they have a reel? And if we say no then I'm scrambling around trying to find something. I don't care if it's an independent film or if it's, you know, a sketch. But those assets are so important to the the transaction of it all. Mm. Otherwise, I have to stop what I'm doing and go put on a manager hat and, and find these things that it takes to sell the person. What are some of the other assets? So it would be an EPK, electronic press kit. And it's like, okay... What can I send out in one email that tells this casting director who you are? You know, instead of, you know, it, it being an email stream, you know, do you have a reel? Do you have their stand up? Um, do they have headshots? Do they have new headshots? You know, you know, it's like their resume. There's all of these things that, you know, you may think are archaic, but they're still used in the tradi- in traditional Hollywood. Mm. So being on breakdowns, um, you know, just having all your online stuff, being listed in IMDb, having an IMDb pro account, depending on what your goals are. Now, if you just want to do, if you just want to do touring, then you hustle shows. But if you're truly in the business of, or your goals are to act and compete with actors, then you have to do what actors do. And, you know, outside of taking acting classes, which I, you know, really recommend, it's even if you get the opportunity, have the rest of your business set up. Boom. That was Tamara Goins, head of comedy at Innovative Artists. She represents some of the biggest names in the game. I was so excited that she just broke down. Know what you want in this game. It's easy for us as creatives to kind of get lost and just we gotta generate new material we gotta get on stage but there's a whole other side to the show and that is the business so knowing what we want to work towards knowing what you want to work towards knowing what i want to work towards this was a really good reminder to just be working with a purpose and what is the reason for what you do and i think that was a great reminder i needed that i kind of forgot she said until doing this episode so that's really going to help find some set my sales in the right direction here in 2020. So I hope it does the same with you. We have two more here, Hot Brethren and Sistren. This next cat I'm introducing, he actually was willing to sit down with me as well on a trip I made out to LA a few years ago. He's been on the show twice now, actually. Um, This is a clip from his first episode where we did it in his apartment on his day off. What was so cool about this episode was He was starring on an NBC show. His face was on billboards all across LA. This was his only day off. 
and he was willing to sit down and do this interview. And then when I got to go back to LA and interview him again a few years later, he was on his CBS show on set and he was actually willing to let me come into the studio. He like snuck me in and watch them rehearse and block out their scenes and kind of show me that creative process. But then during a break from that show, we went back to his uh, green room and did this interview. And it's, it's, it's just very encouraging when you meet people at the top of their game those are a lot of the times the nicest people. And Tone Bell is definitely an example of why he is so successful. And it is because he cares about people and he cares about comedy. And that's why his episodes are some of our most popular. So definitely go check out both of his episodes. But this one is from his first. And it really just gives you a raw... I'm saying raw a lot in this. But I feel like these are tips and realities of show business that no one's talking about. So it really is just the harsh reality of show business. We've heard some of that in this episode, but this one really breaks it down to the numbers and the money. You can make a million dollars and you're going to bring home 180. 180,000? Yeah. What? Yeah. Just from everybody. I got to check one. I got to check one. This is I've never said this on a podcast. This is this is this is exclusive. Hot breath exclusive. I Got a check once from um, a cable network for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. By the time I got it, it was nineteen thousand dollars. Nineteen after taxes and commissions, because they they commission from the from the from the gross amount, and so does the tax. So everything wow. left over, I got I got uh, I got commission forty something grand forty forty seven. I want to say. Mm-hmm. 37, 37, 37,000, 38,000, something like that. And then, uh, um, and then also <laughs> taxes was like 78,000, whatever that math is, 70,000, uh-huh. something like that. And yeah, it left me with like 19 grand off a $150,000 check. And is that just in the contract? You're, they, do no, they, in the contract, like, does it say 150? Well, because like, and then on the back the end. Already, that, that, that year, I had already made probably 80, uh-huh. maybe 70, 80 grand. And so you get to a certain tax bracket and they tax you higher. Right. And I wasn't incorporated at the time. So, because I didn't think I was going to make that kind of money. And Uncle Sam comes back. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got a decent tax return, but it wasn't what I gave up. That's, yeah. Yeah. It is a it is a beast to realize, okay, so the money I'm making isn't the money I'm making. So you have to do other things. You have to be, I mean, there are a lot of people who do stuff for charity not because they want to. I mean, you got to be charitable. You have to be, uh, you know, when you ever, whenever you see somebody's like, oh, I'm a philanthropist. Taxes is a bitch, but not if you help people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what I've learned about fucking money, son. It's, it is, uh, I mean, I sit with Morgan Stanley every couple of weeks. I mean, I go to the office and I talk wow. to him. I mean, like I, I, I'm going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. You got to learn how not to be broke. Because <laughs> if you just save your money. It's like it's like that twenty bucks you have in your wallet. You're like, I'm gonna hold on to this, and then you get hungry, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, man. Well, that sandwich is only a dollar, so I go to Wendy's and I grab it, like you know. And then so now you have nineteen dollars, and you're like, well, I gotta, I'm thirsty, so, <laughs> like eighteen dollars. You know what I mean? Like you, it, it's impossible to save money. It's, yeah. like, it's like you have to not see it. You have to put it somewhere else. Hold on to your money, kids. Luckily, there's not a lot of money in comedy, especially starting out. So. check is not something 
that I've at least had to worry about yet. But it's good to know when you do get that number that that number is a lie. Um, it was cool that he shared that. He said he had never shared that on a podcast before. So it was cool he was willing to do it on Hot Breath. But money's important. I'm telling you, as a comedian 10 years in, money is important. But getting funny first is the most important. Remember what Andrew Schultz said on the first tip of this whole thing. He focused on getting funny first and then finding where he had leverage. So get funny first, kids. Don't skip the steps. Get funny first. And this last guest knows funny maybe better than anyone on the planet. He is one of the comedy gurus in this game. He is the owner of the Laughing Skull Lounge here in Atlanta. One of the top comedy clubs in the world. That You hear Joe Rogan shout it out. I mean, every... There's there's no need to even Jeff Foxworthy performs there. Ron White will pop in. Robin Williams popped in there before he sadly passed away. And most recently, Kevin Hart is there right now. He's filming a movie here in Atlanta, and he is working out his new comedy special at the Laughing Skull. So, is he going to do Hot Breath? I don't know. That's TBD. But what I do know is this is the perfect tip to end on. This is a guy who has dedicated his life to comedy. And what's cool about the Laughing Skull, if you haven't been here yet, is they just keep growing, but you can see they keep reinvesting into the club, up upgrading lighting and decor and just the whole setup. Like this is a comedy club for comics by comics. So I'm so just honored that it's right here in Atlanta. So it's definitely worth a pilgrimage to see the Laughing Skull if you haven't. But I was so excited that the owner, Marshall Childs, was willing to sit down and just uh, hot brethren Carter out in Arkansas told me this is the most underrated episode on Hot Breath. And I got to agree with him. This, it's linked in the show notes. You really need to hear the whole thing. But this is a fun clip of it that really changed my entire view of stand-up comedy. So enjoy it. Absorb it. And I'll see you on the other side. What mistakes do you see them making from the business side? Um, well, remember, it's called show business. The business word is bigger than the show word. Yep. But show comes before business. You can't have a business if you don't have a show. So like Seinfeld and Ray Romano and all those guys, they always had the theory like, look, man, I'm just going to focus on the show. The more I focus on my show the business people will come up and take care of it themselves. If you're doing well with your show, business people will come up and, and t- handle the business for you. But remember, it's, uh, it's, it's called, it's too, a lot of comedians think they, that stand-up comedy is a, a part-time job, when in reality, it's two full-time jobs. Mm. You have to be focusing on your show, and you have to be focusing on your business. And the more you can focus on both of those, the better off you're going to be. But, if, you know, definitely more your show. But, Take care of your business, man. It's, uh, you know, I know a lot of comedians that are successful in the eyes of uh, accomplishments that have zero fucking money. Celebrity people that just, you know, sorry, man, you got to take care of it. You know, and on a, on a grander scheme of things, you're dealing in fucking show business, man. There are sharks everywhere. You know, the guy that wrote Forrest Gump didn't get any back end money because of the way the fucking contracts were written out. Wow. Yeah. At that time, it was the highest grossing film. And 
people can check on Google. I, t- I say a lot of shit that's not true. So if that's not true, I apologize. <laughs> but I'm trying to make a point here. I fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, take care of your shit, man. You know, and 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 so when it, when it comes to the business side of things, focus on your show, but pay attention to the business. Do you have any advice for getting booked at clubs? Because that whole process can be kind of mysterious and somewhat disheartening. You may work a club for a weekend, have a great weekend, and then not get booked back for six months, a year, two years. Or you just may never even get booked at the club, even though you're there all the time. Out of sight, out of mind. New bookers come along. You know, that's the tough part about this business. I mean, it's every club has 52 weeks a year. That's it. You know, and that, and so good luck finding one of those, you know, so it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, so make sure you're just always staying present, keeping up, keeping the people updated. There's another great way to do it. Nobody looks at tapes. Um, you can, and also here's another thing. This is something I learned from people that get management, you know, high end knowledge. If you have a video of you performing five years ago and that's like, oh, that's not who I am anymore. That's not what I'm doing. Put it, set it to private. Because they don't know. No one's looking at the years. They look at that and go, oh, that must be the, the level they're at. See ya. Oh, that's not what we're looking for. And this is, these are network people. This is what network people do. Mm-hmm. When they're looking at comedians, they're looking at the tapes. They don't look at the year. They have too much shit to do. They're not going that deep. So, and I've, so management have signed people. And one of the first things management does is they look at all your YouTube, all the videos of you online and say, which ones need to be deleted and do we need to get an updated one? And more than likely, you're not going to get that management if you don't have an updated one anyways. Another thing in, in regards to getting a good tape, because that's like a freaking act of Congress. It's so hard. Sound fucks up. Audience messes up. Drunk bitch doesn't shut up. You know, so always tape your sets. And what that does is it does two things. One, you never know when you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. And two, now you're used to having a camera on you. Cameras freak people out. So if this is your big show and that's when you're getting your fucking tape, does this Saturday at eight o'clock at the Laughing School Lounge and that's, and that's the only time you've got a camera, you're in your head. That's in the back of your psyche. But if you're always taping, it doesn't fuck with you as much. In skateboarding, I like to skateboard. Mm-hmm. In skateboarding, they call the camera the flail gun because you'll be killing it and someone's like, oh shit, we got to get this on tape so we can submit whatever. And then as soon as the camera comes on, you're fucking running out of tricks. You're not able to pull them. You're flailing. They call it the flail gun because it's something in the back of human psyche about getting on film fucks with people. So if you're really going for this stand-up comedy game, always record yourself. Always re- always write, always perform, always record. There it is, Hot Breath of Verse. The top five show business tips in Hot Breath history. I would love to know what your favorite is. Mine is the Andrew Schultz, really... Where do you have the leverage? What do you want? Who's doing it well? And how can you do it better? There's just so many other episodes that had a lot of good tips, but these are the top five in my opinion. If you know or remember another episode that had some good tips, feel free to share it my way. Maybe we'll do a part two of this. Or if there's another theme you want to do in these top fives, I'm experimenting with different episode formats. And this is just... The top five seems to be interesting and intriguing to people. So maybe the next one could be like the top five tips from bookers. Uh, if you're interested, reach out to me on social media at Joel Byers Comedy or at Hot Breath Pod or join our private Facebook group. 
Just go on Facebook, search Hot Breath Comedy Network. It'll pull right up. Request to join, and then you can start talking with listeners around the world. But thank you all for spending your valuable time here. I hope you found it time worthwhile. This is definitely an episode I was so excited to get out there because this is something I wish I had starting out. So if you feel the same way out on your comedy grind, share this with other comics. Don't keep this show a secret. I feel like the more comics we can get listening, the better comedy will be for it because these are tips from the top comics in the game. So please don't keep this a secret. Share it on Reddit. If you're good at Reddit, let's get some momentum going there. I used to try to post on there back in the day and end up getting kicked out of a group because I guess I didn't read the rules or it was just all promo. So go check out the YouTube as well. We just had a Felipe Esparza episode get over 300,000 views. So something something special is going on over there. And join the Patreon if you want to support the podcast directly and get a bunch of extra educational content. Check it out. I love you all so much, hot brethren and sistren. Let's connect. Reach out to me. I'm here for you. We're all in this together. Thank you to my wife, of course. I thank her at the end of all these. She made the theme song to this. She also made the theme song to my comedy special. If you haven't seen that yet, what are you waiting for? Go in the link in the show notes and check out the special. Ten years in the making. The Trophy Husband. I appreciate your support. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.